to unto perfection. Moving on unto perfection. One of the greatest goals that we have uh, is to move forward. Amen. And that's why when God calls us, he desires for us to go on to perfection, go on to completion, go on to maturity. Get to that point. Amen. No matter what comes your way, you've got a destiny. You've got a place that we're going. Amen. We're going to a better place. We'll look as Abraham and look for that city whose builder and maker is God. Amen. So in the New Living Translation, in the New Living Translation, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 says, on your paper there, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repentance from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptism, the laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward. Amen? So, we're going to move forward. God willing, we're going to move forward. We're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We're going to just keep pressing towards the mark of the prize. Amen. We're going to go, go on forward in this thing. Perfection, as we have learned, means maturity and completion. As born-again believers, we should not be novice in the basic tenets of Christ in His church. That's why we've got to grow. That's why Ephesians 4.11 said He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we be no more children, tossed to and fro, henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, with the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Amen. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Amen. So we are to move forward. We are to go on. Amen. We can't keep looking back. We can't allow things to hinder us and prevent us. The enemy is going to continue to try to prevent you from reaching your destination. He's going to try his best to stop you. But you've got to remember that greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So we want to move on to perfection. Paul told Titus in Titus chapter 2 verse 1. If you have your Bibles, we'll go there real quick. Amen. Titus chapter 2. Verse 1 through verse 9. But speak the things which become sound doctrine... That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged woman likewise, that they be in behavior as become holiness, not false accusers, not given much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be the street, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient of their own husbands. That the word of God be not blasphemy. Young men likewise exalted, exalted to be sober-minded. And all things showing thyself a pattern of good works. And doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity. Sound speech that cannot be condemned. That he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed having no evil things to say of you. Exalt servants to be obedient unto their own masters and please them. Well, in all things, not answering again. So notice Paul's instruction to Titus is the things they are to teach. These things are designed to help us to move to that perfection point. Amen. Notice, be sound in the doctrine. We have to know what the doctrine of Christ is and his apostles. And I think we have gone over it over and over and over again. And this is kind of like what Paul is saying. We don't need to keep laying these same principles and tenets over and over again because you should have that down inside of you now. 
So we need to move on. There's a lot more uh, in Christ. Uh, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, if in this life only you have hope in Christ, you're going to be miserable. If you think it's just right here, right now, you're going to be miserable. There's more out there. There's more to look forward to. There's a better place we are going to. And so we need to prepare ourselves for that place. Amen. As the Bible says, I have not seen and ear have not heard the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. So when we love God and we move forward in God, He's going to open more doors. He's going to open our understanding to a lot more than what we see right now to see that value of that end zone or that, that place. You know, if you watch football or you listen to football players, you know, football calling, you know, when they get into what they call the red zone, they get excited. They get excited. It gets tough in the red zone because the offense knows we're, we're getting ready to score. And the defense knows they got to buckle down to prevent the offense from getting in there. But the offense is doing everything they can to make it in. I like to think that we're in the red zone right now. Amen. And so we're getting ready to move on to that perfect place and into that perfective stage. We, 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 we hide these things in our hearts as we have the memorization and the things of what God has done to keep us boosted and keep us moving forward. So we want to move on. And so Paul says... He gives Titus instruction, things he should teach uh, so that they can continue to move on to perfection. If we're not growing and maturing in our understanding of the basic Christian principles, it may be because we are are not studying and applying the Word of God in our lives. Amen. Hebrews 4.12, I mean 4.2 says, their problem was they did not mix what? Their faith with what they heard. Say, look at Hebrews 4.2. He said, the word of God did not profit them because, why? The pre- but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith to them that heard it. See, when we hear the word of God, we've got to, it's kind of like a cake. <laughs> You're going to bake a cake. You've got the cake mix. you got the water. you got the flour. you got the eggs. You can set it out there all day long. You're not going to get a cake until you mix it all together. See? And so that's why our faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So when we hear the Word of God, we've got to mix this thing together. Our faith has got to come in unity with the Word of God so that it produces what God is trying to do in us so that we can grow. Because once that cake comes together, what happened? It rises. See? So when you mix your faith with the Word of God, and being stronger in the Lord and in the power of His might. And that's what God desires. If He wants us to be completed in Him, He's given us all the tools and the things we need. We just got to apply it. So we may not be applying what we're hearing. See, we read the Word of God, but sometimes there's distractions. Sometimes there's things that comes up. You know, you've been reading the Word of God, and then all of a sudden there's a distraction. Well, Satan is going to do that a lot of times to try to prevent you from being able to hear what you just heard because he knows if you see what God is saying, it's going to increase your faith, see? And as a result, you're going to come up higher. And so his goal is to try to keep you down. So you have to realize that. So during this lesson, we want to look at a few ways to go on to perfection. Number one, we got to remove obstacles. Remove obstacles. If you were to look at your life right now, what would you say are some obstacles that you feel in your life is hindering you from moving? Self, okay? So that means if self is an obstacle, we have to get self out of the way, correct? Okay? And that's why the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 14, a good man is satisfied what? From himself. So if I know that I am hindering my perfection or my progression, then I have to remove me. Say, I have to be really sincere with myself and get me out of the way. You know, I have to uh, get to that point where I says, God, let your perfect will be done in me. You know, it can't be about me if I'm hindering my progression. Amen. So we want to get self out of the way. What are some other obstacles that you might would say is, is impeding you from uh, coming what 
God wants you to be. I don't want to tell me. Huh? <laughs> Say again? Okay. So, <laughs> Squirrel gets you. Huh? Tell Buster to get out of the way. <laughs> Say whirl or squirrel? <laughs> Anything in the world? A squirrel? A squirrel? Oh, I thought you said the world. <laughs> squirrel. Okay. <laughs> Amen. But but there are obstacles, and and the sad thing is, we know what it is that is stopping us from doing what we know we should do, and that thing will impede us if we do not. Get it out of the way. So there are many obstacles that we have to to overcome. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, verse 1 through verse 11. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortations which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourge every son with whom whom he received it. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, where are you are partakers? Then are you bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirit and live? For verily, for a few days, chasten us after their own pleasure. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Okay. So notice... Paul, writing to the church of the Hebrew, he tells us to let's lay aside every weight, every weight, and the sins which does so easy beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When you're in training for a race, you, usually you put on weights, you wear heavy things to prepare you. It builds your muscles. It strengthens you. But when it's time to get into the race, then you have to take those things off. So notice what he says in Hebrews 12. He says, since we're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, we need to go back and see what happened, what, how they made it over, how they became overcomers. If we was to look at Abraham, if we would look at Isaac, if we would look at Jacob, if we look at David, if we were to look at the patriarchs of old, we see they all had some issues. They start out, they had weights. See, they had some things that they were dealing with in their lives, but they had to get it out. They had to get to that point to where they start to trust in God. Amen. So, one of the weights that will weigh you down is just outright sin. 
That's outright sin. We all know from studying Scripture, reading the Word of God, going to church basically all our lives here, you know, we, we, we hear what sin really is in our lives. And so, therefore, that can become a weight if we don't remove it. See, we can allow sin to become uh, what you might want to say. We can look at it from different categories and try to say, well, this is not as bad as that. You know, but that's not true. See, sin is sin to God's eyes. So, therefore, we have to be willing to, as the Word of God reveals things to us, to correct it. See? To get rid of it. That's why we got cloud of witnesses. Now look at Abraham's life. Stop and think about it. Okay? God called Abraham. He said, Abraham, you leave home. I will bless you. Well, Abraham left home. But Abraham had a few issues. He still had lying in his heart. We know when we see when he goes down into Egypt, what is the first thing he does? He tells the king, you know, that Sarah is his sister and not his wife. You know, he, he did that. So he be, that's, that would be a lie. So that could hinder him from moving forward. But later, if we notice, Abraham began to what? He began to trust God. He got to the point to where he says, okay, God is with me. God is going to take care of me. I don't need to lie about my wife and who she is. You know, I'm, you know and so and as a result of that, he start moving forward. See, and that's how it works. And when we identify what is hindering us and preventing us, then we can get it out of the way. Because God wants us to trust Him. That's why Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. If God has given us promise, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you, we can trust Him. We have to get to that point. You know, if we have a weight of not trust or unbelief, we've got to get it out of the way. Because it will impede and hinder our progression. Amen. So if we have outright sin in our lives, it's going to stop us. Pretty soon it's going to take root. It's going to get hold of us, and as a result... It's going to cause us to do something totally against God's Word. And then we're going to feel so bad that we're going to say things like, Well, I can't do this. I can't live. The enemy is going to get on your shoulder and he's going to say, Hey, you might as well quit. You might as well give up. You can't do that. One of the, the fearful things I find is that people doesn't mix the Word with their faith. As I said earlier, Say, you can do this thing. It's, it's easy. It's simple. As Paul says, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguile Eve through his subtility, so your minds will be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. We just have to make up our minds that we're going to do this thing. So we don't want to just keep sinning for just to be sinning. It doesn't pass the common sense test. So we have to get rid of that. The next, he says, in Hebrews 12, he says, Let us lest I ever wait in the sin. What? That so easy beset us. You see? Besetting sins are those things that just keep habitually attacking you. Just keep coming back. You know, you, know, you come to God. You repent of your sins. You get your life right. You're moving forward. But in your mind, you keep thinking back. It just keeps coming back. Just as soon as you think you've got there, you know, that thing pops back up again. Right? You know, but that should not stop you. You should be able to see that as, okay, yes, that was there, but I'm still moving forward. Look where I am at now. God has brought me through. God is carrying me on. And I'll keep pressing towards the mark so that I don't get sidetracked and want to go back to the old way. See? There are things in your life, you're, as, as you're in the flesh, 
Even though you walk in the Spirit, you're in the flesh. And you have the power to be an overcomer, but you have the purpose that when those past things come up, those besetting things come up, you're going to have to keep moving on and says, that is under the blood. That is behind me. That's why Paul says, you know, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. Old things are passed away. Doesn't mean you are not going to remember the past. And, you know, the past should be a sign that, hey, look where I am now. Look where he's taking me to. So we don't let these wrong habits that we did before keep coming back up. If you give in to the past, if you give in to the wrong habits, if you give in to those attacks that keep coming, then yes, the enemy is going to prevent you from progressing and becoming what God is trying to do in your life. See? But if you keep pressing on and say, okay, I'm over that. I'm not holding grudges anymore. I'm not going to let what somebody said to me offend me and, and stop me from becoming, amen, what God says about me. See? That's why the Bible says we've got great clouds of witnesses. See? You can look at every one of them. That's why Paul says in Romans 15, 4, the things was written before was written for our example. They made mistakes. That's why it's there so you can see. But once they committed themselves to God, they overcame and they moved forward. Look at Noah, you know. God comes off the boat and what did he do? Get drunk. <laughs> Maybe he says, man, 100 years, I need to take a break or something. I don't know. But think about it. Noah would have been classified basically as probably a drunk. But he overcame. You know, look at, look at David. You know, the things that he went through in his life and what he did. And what does he call? A man after God's own heart. Because once you get to that point that you're trusting God, that's why mercy and grace is so, so good. That's why His mercy and do it forever. It's for every generation. So it, you, you're born in, in, in sin and shaping in iniquity. And so, therefore, you have the purpose. I'm going forward. I'm moving on from this thing. So Paul says, let's lay aside the weight. Let's lay aside the sin that deceits us. And let's run with patience. See? You've got, as we've already studied on Wednesday night about, you know, things that produce patience in our lives. Well, patience is no more than learning to wait on God. It's a long-suffering. You know, sometimes we have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If we were to look at Joseph's life, you know, Joseph, think about the things he went through. He had to learn some patience to wait until God brought him to where God has promised him. See? He had to get to the point where he trusts God. When Potiphar's wife seduced him, he says, I cannot do this sin against God. See? And so, therefore, we, we build our lives according to this thing, and we move on to perfection. The weight of distractions. The weight of distraction. Amen. Sin is not only the things that keeps us from being spiritual champions. Sometimes those weights are things that are not necessarily sinful. But they are distractions that keeps us, what, from progressing spiritually. There's a lot of things. Even in the day, I left mine in the office. Cell phones. You know, it can become a distraction. We can get on it and just go on and on and on and on and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, you know. And then all of a sudden, man, I was on this thing for a whole hour. Battery went dead. Or we can start surfing the web, you know. We says, okay, I need to check this out. And then I check this out. And then I look at a YouTube to see if I understood that. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, way down the road, you know. These can become distractions and prevent me from progression. And then I think, oh, man, I didn't even read my devotions today. You know, 
it's, it's, it's easy for us now because, you know, we, we hear a beep or we hear a, a, a click or whatever. It's in our minds now because we think, okay, I need to look at that. Or if we got it on silence on our side and, and the next thing you know, it goes, and what do you do? Your mind automatically thinks, I wonder who that is. I wonder if I need to answer that to see if it's important. Is somebody trying to get a hold of me? You know, and as a result, I get sidetracked. You know, and then when I, it is going in my mind until I said, man, I've got to. I've got to. And you're sitting there just gnawing at the teeth because you know, I want to look at it. I want to look at it and see what is going on and who's texting me or who's calling me, you know, and stuff. And so this can become a distraction if we're not careful. You know, watching movies or listening to radio, you, you, can, you can come up with all kinds of things that if we're not careful, it can distract us and keep us from studying and preparing ourselves to grow and to go forward. You know, uh, if, if I could make a suggestion, start your day with prayer and the Word of God, you know, so that you can move forward and you can have that in your heart and ready to go forward. Amen. So let's not allow these distractions to cause us to hinder us. So we need to lay these weights aside here. Amen. And run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. Another thing that can hinder our uh, from from moving is anger. Anger. You know, sometimes we can allow anger to get in our hearts over some of the most silliest things. You know, we can, it, it goes back, you know, in, in, if we get caught up in the politics, it can hinder us because we can become angry and start arguing about politics. You know, and that can, can become something that hinder us from going forward. So the Bible tells us that anger rests in the bosoms of fools. We have to have temperance, right? The Bible tells us he that have no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without wall. Anger a lot of times goes way back. It, it can go way back, and, and you know, from a child, you can have anger rooted and grounded in you. And anger can start with such things like when you was a kid, and you wanted to play with something, and your parents told you no. You know, but you see somebody else get to play with it. So you get angry at your parents. You know, you watch little kids sometimes, they... You know, to get to lift the quibble and whatever, you know, they, they're really getting angry inside of them, you know. Or if they don't get their way in certain things, or even when you get to teenage years and they get angry because you don't let them do what the other friends are doing. And so, and as a result, it can get a root down inside. And as a result, you know, years later, it can pop up, you know. And we fly off the handle. Okay? And as a result, it can prevent us from progressing. And we wonder, why in the world did I get angry? You know, there's so many things. You know, you can be driving to work in the morning. You know, and all of a sudden, you find yourself arguing at the traffic. <laughs> you know, Calling people stupid and ignorant, you know, sometimes because of traffic. They're in the traffic too, <laughs> you know. They're trying to get to their destination too, you know. And sometimes people will cut you off, you know. And so, but we can't allow anger to get into our hearts because if I do, it will stop me from progressing forward in Christ. See, so it goes way back sometimes. And so now that root is starting to grow. See, and so we have to keep anger out of our life. If I know I have an anger issue, 
then I need to work on that in my life. Because if not, it's going to prevent my progression. It's going to prevent me from maturing and becoming what God is asking of me and want me to become. See? We've got to go on to perfection. We know that things that try to stop us and prevent us from getting there will hinder us from being what God wants. See, that's why Paul is saying, we don't need to keep going over the basic tenets. You know, those are basic things. When you come to Christ, that you've got to realize we get rid of. We understand these things. We don't allow them to hinder us. Another is fear. Fear can hinder your progression. Fear can hinder your progression. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. See? Fear will hinder you because it will stop you from thinking that you can. See? Isaiah 41.10, the Lord says, Fear thou not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my power. See? So don't allow fear of what others say or what others do stop you from progressing. You know, there's going to be mountains. There are going to be the uncertainties. There's going to be the valleys. There are going to be the pits. You know, and that, but even in all of that, you have to keep going forward. Kind of like Brother Oberg preached last Sunday, that dark mile. You know, we all go through it. See, but if if the enemy can stop us in that darkness. From going on to the light, see, it'll, it'll, it'll stop our progression. It'll stop our movement. See, we have to mature in the things of God. See, childish things. That's what Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, when I was a child, what? I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I matured or became a man, I put away childish things, see, so I could go on forward, see, because God wants us to get to a point, why? So that we can turn around and teach others, see. He develops us, as he told his disciples, the things that you have seen in me, you teach the others. But if you're not progressing... If you're not moving to maturity, you can't teach the others. See? This is why parents are the leaders in their homes. To teach their children. See? To teach them the right way. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up into what? Fear and the admonition of the Lord. So, but these weights, you know, past things, past sins, past anger, all this stuff... We got to get it out of you. You have to do a self-examination. You've got to search yourself, as Paul told Timothy at uh, the church at Corinth. He says, "Examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Get stuff out of the way. Where are you right now? Where should you be right now? You know, as far as your walk, your understanding, your knowledge of God, wisdom cries and utters in the street. You know, come on, is what it's saying." Come on up. You know, when you look at Revelation, it says, come on up, John. You know, come on up higher. You're not seeing what God wants you to see because you're not progressing higher enough. You've got to move forward. You know, you want to run. You want to run. When you come around when in training for a race, you realize, amen, it, you might start out slow. But as you're the next lap around, you start picking up speed. The closer you get to the finish line, the stronger you should become. Because you train, you train, you train, and you just keep going and going. And a good runner will tell you, you save your strength for the last stretch. See? Because you got to turn it on and, and go faster as you're getting closer to the finish line. 
And so you want to continue to move forward. You want to get rid of those weights, those things that are heavy, those things that are weighing you down, those things that are hindering you. Amen. And one of the ways you can get rid of sins and things out of your life is we all know you've got to confess it. You know, and to confess really means to speak the same thing. That's what it means. Confess means to speak the same thing. If God says it's sin, you got to say it's sin. If God says, you know, I don't like it, you got to say, I don't like it. You know, whatever he, he likes, you got to love. Whatever he dislikes, you got to dislike. See? And so we, we want to move forward. We want to change our thinking process. Repent. We, we hear that a lot, you know. But we should be moving. We should get stronger in the Lord. We should be walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. We need to lay these things aside. If you look at Galatians 5, you know, it tells us what the works of the flesh are. And then it tells us what the works of the Spirit are. And we should be moving towards that love, joy, peace. See, getting rid of the old man out of our lives. He knows where he finds us at, but he wants us to move on. Amen. First Peter 5, 7. Peter tells us to what? Cast all our cares upon the Lord. Cares will prevent you from reaching your perfection. You know, what cares are you carrying around? What what do you just can't care? You just can't seem to get over. You know, cast it on the Lord. Go right back to where we said, you've got to learn to trust Him. If God says, cast it on me, then cast it on Him. Learn to grow in trusting God to take care of your situations for you. I'm confident, Paul says, of this very thing, that he which begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, what God is starting you, when he called you out of the world, he puts you on a pathway to take you to where he wants you to go. And as a result, he will complete it in you. If you trust Him, if you don't lean to your own understanding, if you let His Word be in your heart, if you be a doer of God's Word and not a hearer only, when Jesus comes again, you know what you're going to hear? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter the joy which has been prepared for you. Then that's what He wants. But I've got to progress. You know, look at Paul's life. When you look at it, Paul, when you read 1 Corinthians, what Paul say? He says in 1 Corinthians 15, he starts telling you, he says, I'm the least of the apostles. He said, I shouldn't even be an apostle. Because why? I persecuted the church of God. He says, but I am what I am. You know, he says, that's what I was. I persecuted the church of God. He says, but God's the one put me in the ministry. And so, so therefore, I'm going forward. I'm pressing towards the mark. You know, I'm do everything I can for Christ. And that's the attitude we need to have. Yes, we all make mistakes. Okay? We all do wrong things. But let's not let that impede us. That's why we can repent and go forward. And we get to that point to where we says, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. When you look at David's life, you know, after David sinned with Bathsheba, we don't find him doing anything else wrong. See, he says, okay, I, I got you, God. So I'm moving forward. And so that's what we got to do. So we need to cast our cares. What cares do you have right now? Put it on God. So here you go, God. I'm not worrying about it anymore. Even though it comes up, I'm still going to believe in you. You've got it. I'm still going to trust you to take care of it for me. Amen. And so that's the weights of sin. We need to get rid of it. Uh, number B in your paper, the obstacles. Who or what, or what and who is hindering you from becoming what God desires you to be? What's hindering you? What's hindering you? Galatians 5, 7 says, Amen, you did run well, but who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? What's hindering you from... Being what God wants you to be. Think about it. 
if you could put your finger on one thing, now you all want you to tell me what it is, <laughs> okay? If you could put your finger on one thing that is hindering you from being what God wants you to be, what is it? And once you identify it, get rid of it. Cast it on God. You know, purpose in your heart. I'm not going to let this anymore prevent me from becoming what God wants me to be. There's going to be hindrances. There are going to be things that try to stop you. There are going to, that's why you read scriptures. There's a lot of, of scriptures that people try to uh, convert people and turn people around from following what God had called them to do. You know, to prevent them from being what God wanted. But we must not allow it to stop us. He wants to do great things to us. So who, what's in you from obeying the truth? If we know that the truth will make us free, then we should live according to the truth. That's kind of like what Solomon's mother told him in Proverbs 1. It says, my son, if sinners entice thee, she says, consent not. If they says, come on with us, she says, no. She says, there's a snare, there's a trap set. And so, and as a result of that, it will hinder you from becoming what God wants you to be. What is God calling you to become? What is God calling you to do? Amen. Number C. What is stopping you from applying God's character, principles, and statutes to your life? Psalms 19, verse 7 through 9 says, The Lord, the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So notice that the statutes, the principles, the laws, these things are designed to perfect us. Okay? If we, we're going to be perfected, then we have to be what the Word of God tells us to be. As Paul told Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and in righteousness, that the man of God will be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. So the law of the Lord, notice, it converts the soul. You can be going the wrong way, and as soon as you start getting into the law of God, amen, it turns you around. It should cause you to, to turn around if I'm on the wrong path, if I'm going down the wrong trail. Then I want to turn around. Amen. It enlightens my eyes. In other words, the Word of God will be a lamp to me. It shows me what to do right versus wrong. The testimonies, what people said about God are sure. And they make wise the simple. The judgments of the Lord are right. See? They're true and righteous altogether. It's going to happen. So we need to realize that. Psalms 119, verse 33 through 40. The psalmist says, you know, teach me thy way, O Lord. The way of thy statutes and what? I'll keep it unto the end. In other words, you teach me, God, your statues, and I'm going to cling to it. I'm going to keep it all the way unto the end. I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to hold on to it. It's kind of like the baton. You're racing in a race. You get a hold of it. You can't drop it. You've got to keep holding it all the way to the end of the race or until you give it to the next so you've got to hold that thing. You want to hold on to these things. Amen. He says, give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I will what? Observe it with my whole heart. I will observe what you are saying for me to do, God. Make me to go into the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. The commandments. Incline my heart. What? Unto thy testimonies and not unto covetousness. 
Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in the way. Get me in the right way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, which is devoted to thy fear. Amen. Turn away my reproaches, which I fear, because all thy judgments are good. It's good for me. Amen. Behold, I have longed for thy precepts. Quicken thou me in righteousness. See? As quick as you can, God, let your word take effect in my life. Let it become what you want it to do so I can be right, live right, be righteous. Because without the righteousness of God, I'm going to be nothing. See? I want to be perfected. I want to mature. I want to grow. I don't want to be the same as I was yesterday. I want to know more about God today than, to, than I knew yesterday. And it starts with me disciplining myself to study God's Word, to apply God's Word, to hold on to God's Word, to, to not let things hinder me, not let people hinder me, not let weights that weigh me down, and not let you know things that's going to cares of this life. If we're not careful, we can allow so many things to just come in. And as a result, if you get weighed down pretty soon, you become sluggish. And as you become sluggish, it's hard for you to move. You know, And as a result of that, you're not going to be able to keep going with that weight. But it keeps dragging you down, dragging you down, dragging you down. And the next thing you know, you want to quit. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. We know this, Peter, besides all the diligence, what? Add. Add to your faith virtue. Amen. Come on. You know, it doesn't take a lot as grown, mature individuals to understand right and wrong. You know, character, morality, all these things. As we read the Word of God... You know, that's why you hear me say constantly, read the book of Proverbs. You know, it's a book of wisdom. I mean, and it, and it, it gives you some clear guidance and understanding of where you should be and what you should be doing in Christ. So, you know, he says, add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. Uh, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. Respect in God, honor in God. Believe in God. You know, knowledge. Knowledge is power. You know, the more knowledge you have in Christ, the easier it is for you to run. If I know the rules of the game, I can keep going. See? That's, that's what it's all about. Amen. The knowledge temperance. Again, there it is. You know, you have to learn how to run this race. Uh, that's what Solomon says in, in Ecclesiastes. He says, I look, he says, that the race is not given to the swift. He says, time and chance happen to everybody. He said, but it's to him that endure to the end. See? God didn't say, come out here and, and, and run like a thoroughbred with your head thrown back and try to be the one to cross the finish line first as the Kentucky Derby. He says, no. He says, in Revelation, notice what he said. You endure to the end. I just want you to keep progressing. I just want you to keep moving forward, you know, and you'll win. You will obtain the crown that I have prepared for you. So we have to learn temperance, how to control ourselves, how to conduct ourselves, our attitude, our actions. You know, that's why Samson said, I will behave myself in a perfect manner in my house. This is your house. This is your temple. This is mine, not yours, but this one is mine. Yours is yours. See, so you have to learn how to control you and conduct you in your temple. You see, and as we look at the temple of God, and they relate it to this temple, think about what was there inside of the temple. You know, the bread, the light, all this stuff. Yeah, incense, the sweet smell. Your life should be a sweet smelling savor. All these things, you compare that to you, and as a result, you become what God wants you to be. Okay? So patience, godliness, godlikeness, you know, or holiness. Amen. 
brotherly kindness. Be you kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. You know, and the brotherly kindness, charity. See, that's what Paul says in First Corinthians. At the end of First Corinthians twelve, he says, "You know, I'll show you a more perfect gift, and it's love." See, so we got to have love because God is love, and so as we add these things to our lives, notice what he said: "You'll never fall. You will never quit growing. You will never quit progressing." And at the end, in verse 11, he says, you're going to have an entrance right into the kingdom of God if you do these things. Amen. So let's add. Colossians 3.16. And I'm going to finish here. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Okay? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly every day. Memorize the scripture every day. Just let something from the word of God, you know, like an old bone, like an old dog with a bone, you know, just... Pull it out and just know on it some more. You know, that's why some they say, you know, when you read Psalms 1, it says, Blessed is the man that meditate. You know, it's kind of like just stay there and know on it. You know, just know on it over and over and over until it becomes a part and you really get it and say, Man, this is so good. You know, and you just want to keep eating it, eating it, eating it, eating it. You know, and as a result, you know, you never get tired of it. And that's what God wants. You know, he wants us to, you know, just know on that word. That's what some says in Psalm 34. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, something is good, man. You just don't want to stop eating. You know, you just want to keep, you know, and then you want to walk out and go, oh. <laughs> but that's but that's how, how God wants. And we want to move on to perfection. Amen. We want to go on. Amen. We want to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Any questions? Amen.